From old school to new, from analytics to your gut feeling, and from nuance to a blistering hot take, Cleve, Dave, and Matty Ice present to you Political Football. What's up, everyone? Matty Ice here. Welcome back to another installment of Political Football. Not the time travel version. This is week two. It was week two to Cleve last week. He is in week three, so he is seeing the future for us, and I'm I'm so happy about that. Um, I think that this week was defined mostly by the fact that we still don't know a lot, but I think we learned a little bit more. So, Dave and Cleve, how are you guys? Man, I'm doing uh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm uh, gonna start go take some auctioneering classes. So I'm gonna start talking faster, get the show down to about 12, 13 minutes. And uh, that would Cleve can get back to his workouts, Cleve. Yeah, I would like to say, you know, if you if I'm on lunch and I got an hour, I wouldn't go to Ruth Chris to get a steak. I would probably go to your your local Chuck and Chuck uh, to get something. So yeah, you know, definitely uh, definitely try to get to the meat. No pun intended of of all that we can do. I mean, what happens Fair. if you're vegetarian? Then what kind of a show are you looking for now? Watching get the fake and bacon. Watching baseball. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> That's great. I mean, and the and the and baseball is in the playoff push now, so that's even more of a dig at baseball. Holy shit, that was great. So, fellas, uh, week two, you know, I thought was actually pretty good. I feel like we've been blessed with two pretty great weeks of action after uh, a long time, or it felt like a long time without football. And while I feel like we know a few more things, sort of, I still feel like we're in this place where we are still seeking information. And it's going to take a little bit. Uh, but some fun stuff happened, so we're going to get right into it. But, Cleve, I got a surprise for you. As these games are talked about, I've got some he's still in the league for you. So look forward to that. Nice. Look forward to that. All right, gentlemen, okay. let's get rolling. All right, excellent. So we're going back to last Thursday where we actually had a really good game involving the New York Giants. They scored 29 points, but they lost to the football team who scored 30. Now, you guys might remember, because it was a little bit ago, the uh, Washington football team had to kick a game-winning field goal, and they missed, but the Giants decided to jump offside. So the football team got to kick it again, and they made it, and they won. Now, the um, two important takeaways from from this one. The first is that this is the best game the Giants are going to play all year, and they still lost. During the game, Kenny Galladay was on the sideline yelling at Danny Dimes. Later, he clarified, though, that he wasn't yelling at Danny Dimes. He was yelling at Jason Garrett. So everything is fine. There's nothing to worry about in New York. Jason Garrett's clapping about that, too, probably. Man. I mean, you know, I will say this. Um, over the weekend, I was attending my mom's memorial and I ran into somebody who I hadn't seen in like 30 years. I think I was like six the last time that I saw this person and they're a Giants fan. And I just said, Gettleman, and he walked away from me. So that tells you everything wow. you need to know about yeah, the Giants. There we go. It's already a sad enough occasion. You don't got to be bringing up Dave Gettleman for the poor guy. Oh, I mean, wow. it actually gave me a lot of uh, a lot of happiness to talk about Gettleman because he's great for comedy fodder these days. <laughs> well, God, I'm, glad, I'm glad here. Last last note on this game: uh, Terry McLaurin, legit wide receiver, 11, 107 to one, and just eight James Bradbury alive. So even with Taylor Heineke, football team is going to keep it going here a little bit, and they're still uh, contenders in the division. I agree. By the way, Cleve, uh, the Giants are actually in a really good place for the future because on their roster, buried there, is Kyle Rudolph, former Vikings tight end. Really? Wow. Man, I actually, I thought it was a different guy. I I thought it was a different guy. I had to look it up and I was like, oh, that's the same guy. So this is going to be a theme. A lot of tight ends in the league that are, huh? He's still in the league? Kyle Rudolph's getting snaps. Um. (laughs) Yeah, he is. That's the sad part. 
And Man. so uh, speaking of a team that's got to have some sort of dusty tight end on it, the next game we have here, we have the Las Vegas Raiders 26 at the Pittsburgh Pittsburgh Steelers 17, which means the Raiders are 2-0. So, Cleve, without knowing the schedule or anything else, right now tell me, how many games will the Raiders win this year? Uh, I'm going to say six because I think it's I think the windfall is right now is fool's goal. But um, I, I give them six. So, they, they got four more in between now and week 17. All right, four more in them. I, I like I like the sound of that. I uh, I would actually take the over on that, believe it or not. But I, but I do still think I, I see where you're coming from because I can still see the bottom completely falling out on this team. Oh, One yeah. reason I don't think that's going to happen though is that John Gruden has made a major change this year, and he is letting Derek Carr just bomb the ball. Uh, down the field, which is good because it increases variance. But when your team sucks, you want more variance to try to catch the good side of it. And that's yeah. the strategy they used to beat Kansas City last year. So yeah. I actually think that Gruden's made some improvements. So, But I feel like he's going to be like Pete Carroll and he just can't help himself. He's going to go back to his <laughs> old ways. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, running the ball 87 times. <laughs> Dave, you know you know what the great part about this game was? The Pittsburgh Steelers proved our point. Ten carries, thirty-eight yards for Najee Harris, and it's not exactly as if the Ra- it's not as if the Raiders' defense was world-beating, top ten, top five. I mean, they're middle of the pack, maybe bottom of the league, right? So ten carries, thirty-eight yards. But thankfully, on the Pittsburgh Steelers roster is Kalen Balage. Wow. Every time I see every time I see this now, I see Dave telling me, you can get a running back coming out of target tonight. You know, like <laughs> I just I just I see where I I I I my error in my ways, I see where this position is so devalued that they picked that high, could have went somewhere else and they could have got a great running back later up. But because their running game is not fixed there. It's not fixed. So uh, real quick, so uh, yeah, so Pittsburgh sucks and they're and Roethlisberger's hurt and he's bad and they're in real trouble. They might actually be what we thought the Raiders were. So Pittsburgh's in real trouble. But to the point about the running back, so Najee Harris was a was a five star prospect out of high school. He was a top five overall player. He came down to Michigan and Alabama, was enrolling early and told the schools, "I don't know where I'm going. I will show up on Monday on one of the campuses, ready to enroll." And nobody knew on Sunday where he was going to be. Monday morning, he was in Tuscaloosa, and he was he was playing for Alabama. Literally, nobody knew the night before. Wow! And so then he goes on four-year player, all sorts of great stuff. First round pick and ten for thirty-eight against the Raiders because it doesn't matter. They couldn't <laughs> they could have drafted they could have drafted whatever guy ended up at Michigan and got four carries. It doesn't matter. Like it, you know. So yeah, don't take running backs in the first round. Is the point? Oh um, man. The next game here, 49ers 17 at the Eagles 11. And the only note I have on this game is that the Eagles tried to run a Philly special. And of course, the 49ers saw right through it and blew it up. And it was like fourth and three from the goal line. <laughs> I mean, I just actually, the irony. The irony in that is just ridiculous. Ridiculous. So I actually took away from this game that the 49ers can win multiple ways now because this was a pretty ugly game from start to finish. And so Jimmy G or Trey Lance, they can win ugly and rely on their defense even if their offense is struggling. And they lost like, what, three running backs in this game? So I I felt like that was a good sign for our bullishness on the 49ers going, going far because, hey, they can win a lot of different ways and they're starting to prove that now. I agree, Matt. In fact, under the failed Philly special note, my second note on this game is, quote, ugly game 49ers can grind out wins too yep 
And that's really important because sometimes you play, especially on the road now. I mean, we're talking about a Philly team on the road. It's still a tough place to play, even if the team isn't as good as they have been. And it shows a lot of grit, uh, especially in the face of injury. But if they keep racking up these kinds of injuries, it's not going to go well. But we'll see what happens because they, they all aren't season enders the way they were last year. Yeah, but Cleve, here's the thing. Raheem Mostert, ACL, out for the year. Trey Sermon, concussion. Elijah Mitchell, shoulder. Jamichael Hasty, ankle. Uh, Cleve, do you know where your pads are? Because you might be up to play running back for the 49ers this week. That's 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 crazy. Was it the turf monster last year? Was, was it that the Maryland's game that took all those guys out? <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't think so. However, Trey Sermon was a healthy scratch in Week One because he sucked in training camp, and then his very first carry, he got hit, concussed, and fumbled, and then he's Man. out. Yeah, that says a lot. Cleve, we're blaming Adam Gase for that turf thing last last year at the 49ers, right? We're just pinning everything for the Jets on Adam Gase, no matter what. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Next. Four as long years. as as long as yeah. As long as we're uh, as long as we're on board with that as a as a show, the next game actually had a really interesting situation in it. We have the Texans twenty one at the Cleveland Browns thirty one. You know the Texans came out on fire. They looked really good um, to to start the game, and it seems to me like they know everybody thinks they're trash, and they really don't like that. Like they just want to prove that they're not an all time terrible NFL team, and they're out to try. They're out to try to do that. The coaching is terrible, though, and I don't know if you guys saw this, but the, the the Texans had a third and 15. They gained 13 yards on the play. However, the Browns had jumped offside, so it was a free play. So the Texans had two choices. They could either keep the fourth and two or take the third and 10. They took fourth and two and punted. <laughs> Instead of taking third and ten and go for a first down, they had the choice, and they took fourth and two and the punted. Oh man, David you know, Kelly, folks. Oh my God. You know what? I, I think I told Matt offline this morning. Everyone's playing on that team. It's just playing for a check to you know keep their lifestyle going, take care of the wife, take care of the side chick. You know, buy some Bitcoin or whatever. But yeah, that's that's insane. But you know what? That is, that is one of the worst coaching decisions I've ever seen in my life. I agree. But you know what? I think this is a team that, you know, Tyrod Taylor, we've, we've had our fun with him. But this is a guy who's been in the league for a long time. I would assume a very likable guy. And I think you even said, Dave, when we talked weeks and weeks ago about Carson Wentz and the Colts, like they could, or, you know, if Jacob Eason has to play against the Texans, which now it looks likely, um, you know, Tyrod Taylor and the Texans could steal one because they play gritty. And they're they're playing like a team that, like you said, they know that they're trash. They don't like it, so they're trying. But that's very much going to run out because Davis Mills is starting the next game, so uh, they have no chance. Yeah, we're opening the next episode talking about Davis Mills because they're playing on Thursday, so we'll, we're going to learn about him real fast. <laughs> yeah, we are. But you know what? You know what that means, though, because he's replacing Tyra Taylor. He's the next franchise quarterback for the Houston Texans. Yeah, yeah. congratulations on his gold jacket. <laughs> That's before great. we leave, the, but but before we leave the Texans, though, Rex Burkhead buried deep on that running back roster. You're kidding? Nope. A lot of You're former kidding. Patriots wow. on this list, by the way. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Rex Burkhead is—he's not getting carries, but he is—he is on the team. Uh, one quick, two quick notes on the Browns here. Jarvis Landry hurt his knee. Uh, you got a sprain. He's out for a few weeks. OBJ still has not come back, so. Could be a couple young wide receivers having to play there for Cleveland. Also, Baker got hurt in this game, but came back and scored a rushing TD. So, uh, yeah, not not a wimp by any by any stretch. 
which means Case Keenum didn't get any uh get, did, didn't make any pass attempts because Baker came back because that is the Browns' backup quarterback. I don't know if that counts, <laughs> but that that was like, oh really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Got a thousand oh, here. My goodness. Okay, we have another game here that we're gonna go by pretty quickly. We got the Broncos twenty three at the Jaguars thirteen, and uh, here are my two notes on this game. Urban Meyer is a trash ass NFL coach and should be fired immediately. And Trevor Lawrence is gonna be good, but he cannot overcome his dumpster fire coach. Are these are these your words, Dave? Yeah, these are mine. These are my notes I take during games and, you know, as I'm prepping for the show. And so so where where does that he's the greatest college coach ever come into uh come into uh into the universe here? When he goes it, back it, to it, USC. I mean, yeah, I mean it, it yeah, it does it. <laughs> Doesn't come into play at all if somebody like Nick Saban passing on Drew Brees for Dante Culpepper doesn't matter for Nick Saban either. Speaking of uh, Urban, did you see his comment about preparing for the NFL is like preparing to play Nick Saban every week? Yeah, because every week is Alabama. Like, like this asshole showed up to the NFL and thought he was going to get Purdue. I oh man, I, I swear I <laughs> contem- I contemplated my positivity check at the end of every episode. Is every week Urban Meyer loses? I'm just going to say Urban Meyer continues to look like shit. But um, yeah. <laughs> I think the sad part, though, is that this doesn't tell us anything about the Broncos because the Broncos had played two trash teams, although Teddy did look good, of course. Like, you want to win these games. But, uh, you know, there, there's a few 2-0 teams that haven't played some stiff competition yet. True. Yeah. One, thing, one thing about the Broncos, though, is that Cortland Sutton, who tore his ACL last year, came back in this game wide receiver, nine catches for 159 yards. So he at least seems healthy. So that is one important important note for the Broncos. The next game here, we have the Saints 7 at the Panthers 26. And uh, are the Panthers good, Cleef? I mean, Christian McCaffrey's good. <laughs> this guy's a weapon. <laughs> guy's the team. Um, Darnold, I don't know yet. I, I mean, he's he's balling. But, uh, you know, I, I, I want to see a little bit more. But uh, I, I see why you guys were very, very big on him last season when we talked about him. And, you know, he was out with the shoulder and the knee and the leg and all that shit. But yeah, I mean he's a he's he's a Swiss Army knife, and you gotta have that on that team. Helps Darnold out a lot. Sam Darnold in this game, twenty six of thirty eight, three hundred and five yards, two touchdowns, one interception. By comparison, Jameis Winston, eleven of twenty two for one hundred eleven yards, no touchdowns, two picks. Jameis is back to mid season form, fellas. <laughs> I got this, nothing. I got dude, nothing. The, you know what though? Like I thought about last week when I was when I was watching this, and last week Dave and I, you talked. We talked about how do we feel like the, the Packers game was meaningful, and we said we're not sure. Like, hey, if we get a few data points, maybe we can take them seriously. I feel like this is a pretty effective data point that the, yeah. the Saints, the Saints in my mind, are somewhere between the team that blew out the Packers and the team that got absolutely trucked by the Panthers. Like they're somewhere in between, and they have a test coming up this week where I think we'll find out a little bit more. But I feel like we kind of know now. Like, they're not going to be beating teams 38-3 to because Jameis throwing five touchdowns on 14 completions is just not going to happen every week. No, no. Cleve, Elvin, no. Elvin Kamara had eight carries in this game. How many yards did he rush for? Uh, 74. Five. Man. <laughs> so I'm, I'm actually I'm, – I'm, I am prepared. I am prepared to make a declaration and a statement and a bold prediction for the future. Let's hear it. The, the Carolina Panthers will make the playoffs this season. Hey, well, you know what? That defense is pretty legit. Not a lot of like big name stars on it, but two times in a row now, again, you know, against the Jets team that we're not sure about as far as how much they have taken a step forward, but the Saints came in hot <laughs> and uh, that defense has made two quarterbacks look pretty bad. 
like pretty bad. And then Stefan Kamara to five yards, five, like yeah. crazy, man. I think I think the three of us could combine carries and somehow get five yards. I think I could get ten yards in the NFL. In an NFL oh, I like game. it. I really if wish I we could make these carries things come in the true. NFL. I'd get eight yards because I would just quarterback sneak eight times. <laughs> nice. The Tom Brady method of to a thousand. That's what it took him twenty years to get there. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so now moving on to a game that we actually do have quite a bit uh, meat, meat on the bone here. We have the Rams 27 at the Colts 24. The Colts took a 21 to 17 lead late in the or in the in the fourth quarter when the long snapper hit the up back on a punt in the end zone, and so the Colts got this free touchdown to take a fourth quarter lead. And honestly, it never felt like the Colts were going to win. I agree with that. I, I agree with that too. I was just like, okay, Stafford has 14 minutes and they got this fluke touchdown for this lead and it's just, the Rams are going to win. Uh, Cooper Cup is the wide receiver one for the Rams. Nine catches, 163 yards and two touchdowns. He's now getting targets at every level and he's a legit NFL wide receiver, not just an excellent underneath threat. Like he was the new Julian Edelman, but now he's like, the actually Cooper Cup because he's getting targets all over the field because Matt Stafford can actually throw the ball to him down the field. Yeah, is he more like Wes Welker? Used. Is he more like Wes Welker? <laughs> no, 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 I, no, no. I'm saying because Wes no, Welker he's had Danny Amendola. All right, no, I was just really going with Welker because Welker was a guy who did the underneath stuff, but also had. I mean, he had a hundred receptions like three years in a row. So you know, the guy it wasn't like he was getting five yards per game either, five yards per catch. He was getting uh, over a thousand yards. So he he kind of had a little bit of of it more of a threat than just being the underneath guy that's why i was i was saying that because edelman i never felt like he was at that level yeah no i'm with you actually you know who i think cooper cup should be compared to stylistically now not like what they look like playing but how they're being used around the field is aj brown of the titans yeah I, yeah, yeah i, like I can see that all yeah, three I, levels good quarterback there you go so dave i think this game also to me prove that the Rams can win a, a tough one on the road uh, even against an inferior opponent and Matt Stafford still has the comeback juice because uh, he's you know he's done that quite a few times in his career and so that's what I took away from this game like even though the Colts really didn't feel like they were going to win all right the Rams are down late doesn't matter what happened they now have the moxie to come back which I think if you know they're going to make the playoffs and make a run these are the types of things you want to see from a team early yeah absolutely and uh Cleve Carson Wentz sprained both of his ankles in this game, so I don't know. Like maybe he should pray harder. I don't. I don't know what the solution is for that. But uh, can you just speak to like how difficult it is to try to do, you know, how to play football on one sprained ankle, let alone try to go on two of them? Yeah, I mean, qu real quickly, I'm 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 working with um with Maddie Ice's wife on just some um foot drills for quarterbacks. So you know, we're gonna have this nice flag game that you actually invited to I'm going to put it out to the universe um, and she didn't realize like when you're running like when you're dropping a three step five step seven step drop back you push in the hip the ankle complex it's a, it's a lot so I can imagine one not two not feeling great um, and I don't know if they're playing on turf I can't remember if they're playing on turf or grass because that also makes a difference too carpet sure. versus like you know yeah so it you know it definitely um definitely not good for him. I don't think he's durable enough. And I know Dave and I have have, have sparred with this a lot with guys, um, if you're bust or not because of injuries. Um, I think the, the bad play for me, I'm not going to blame injuries on it, but I don't think he's durable enough for the NFL. I mean, this guy's getting weird injuries every year. Weird stuff. 
both ankles huh so well, first please. of all first of all please 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 address her by her proper name which is wifey ice wifey ice yes. there we go <laughs> i cannot that's tell it, you that's how much all you to say go ahead man no <laughs> i was gonna ask cleve like what are the chances of somebody spraining their ankles at the same time because like we've all sprained our <sighs> ankle at some point because one foot you know dips in or something like that but both at the same time feels like something that's pretty improbable given that the majority of people sprain just one um, so <laughs> when I was in high school, my junior year, I was in the gym just shooting around and I, you, you know, you jump up and a loose ball got on the, like one of my ankles and I twisted it. I rolled it and on the way to the nurse's office. So this is shout out to Damon and Kyle. Thanks guys. They dropped me going down the stairs and sprained the other ankle. So yeah, I was, I was being dragged to the, <laughs> to the nurse's office because both ankles were sprained. One was like a grade one and one was a grade two. So uh, yeah, it could happen because it actually happened to me in 1991. So what I'm hearing is that the Chargers doctor was the one taking care of Carson <laughs> Wentz and they dropped him on his other ankle and sprained it per your story. I've got it yeah. down now. Yeah, yeah, this guy's making a round in the leagues right now. He's, 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 he's the guy to watch out for. So about the Colts, do you guys care about the in-season hard knocks with the, the Colts? I feel like they could have made so many better choices than that team. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the I like the show premise of doing that. But yeah, they could have picked a better team than the Colts. Like, seriously. I think that the Colts are really good, are a really good team to pick because they don't have any dominating personalities that people are going to be like, you have to feature this person, right? You have to talk about this person. So it gives them a chance to feature more of the various personalities on the team. Because like the Cowboys hard knocks, like you had to talk about Dak and you have to talk about Zeke. And it's like, nobody cares. You know, their four-string wide receiver is probably a lot more interesting. On the Colts, like, Cleve, name a defensive player on the Colts, right? Like, Dude, it doesn't... Yeah, I, I just, I was just racking my brain to name one guy. Back in the day, I could name six, right? Starting with right. Bob Sapp, I could name six. <laughs> you right. know, it's I can't like... name, I couldn't name one right now. Right, so you got like Darius Leonard and his bunch of misfits, but those misfits might be interesting for television. So I actually do do like the Colts uh, for that reason. That gives them just more of a chance to feature some some lesser known guys because they don't really have a lot of well known guys. True. Uh, over 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 under on how many times Frank Reich uses the story of his comeback with his quarterbacks. I would use it I mean, every day. Yeah, I would. I, that's get all I would coffee. Talk. I would yeah. legally change my name to Comeback Reich. <laughs> like, <laughs> Actually, Comeback Reich is not a good name. No, it's so, not. So, so let me ask you. Uh, I don't Matt, wear number four. So let me ask you, Matt. Are you speaking of the college comeback or the comeback when he was with the Bills? Which one? Oh, the one, the one with the Bills. Because he has two, right? If I'm he not mistaken, he has two. two? Yeah, yeah. I would, so the day's point, I'm changing my name. I'm changing my name, as Dave said, to Comeback Reich. It's going to happen. <laughs> comeback Reich sounds like we want Hitler back, folks. I don't think we oh, need yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing, though, Cleve. Like, you talked about two comebacks, but if he did it in college, do it in the NFL. And he did it in the NFL. That's the one that I'd go yeah. with. <laughs> yeah, he did it. Anyway, I didn't mean to derail that, but the Hard Knocks announcement came, I think, on Thursday night, and I was just like, eh. But I'll check it out just to see what it's like because it can't get any worse than the Cowboys. <laughs> no, this Cowboys season was the worst season for you to start watching. This was the most boring season of Hard Knocks there has ever been. Uh, the next game, the next game here, we'll get through this one quickly. We have the Bills 35 at the Dolphins 0. Uh, 
Tua fractured his ribs very early in the game. Uh, Clean Jacoby Brissett came in, and I don't think he'll be stealing the starting job anytime soon. <laughs> no, but you know what, Dave? Honestly, to the guy's credit, man, he probably was not ready. You know, their system, whatever. I don't know if they're running a similar system that he, that they yeah. ran up in, in, in Indy. But, I mean, the guy got thrown to the wolves, and he did the best he could, man. He did. Oh, I mean, I, yeah, good, for not, him, good for him I, to be in there. In there oh, I'm not, I'm not hating. I'm not hating on the guy. I'm just saying he went 24 or 40 for 169 yards, no touchdowns dude, and a pick, and lost dude, by five touchdowns. Yeah, 40 throws to come into a game that you weren't there. You, you didn't get snaps, all the snaps to play for, for that preparation. Like, like you said, it's it's. I mean, lucky the guy's arm didn't fall off in there. <laughs> uh, one other note on this game is that uh, the Bills running backs had three rushing TDs, which part of the reason Josh Allen's not looking so good right now is that last year he ran for like 12 touchdowns. But if the Bills are running for touchdowns and also Singletary ran like two long ones, mm-hmm. so that's those are stats that Diggs and Allen can't get. And finally, Tua is officially out this week against the Raiders. So the yeah. Raiders are going to start 3 0. I have a question yep. for you on Allen. So I agree with you, Dave, about the running back situation. And I think that defensively is where the Bills have really stood out this year. Like their defense looks very, very good if you just look at the stats on it. But Josh Allen, this game, 17 to 33. And I mean, 33 passes for a game in which, you know, they had three rushing touchdowns and a few long ones. This is like the accuracy numbers that he was showing the years prior to last year. Do you think it's just a matter of them getting comfortable and clicking again? Like, I don't think he's regressed, but I do wonder at what point we get worried about the the dip in accuracy compared to what we saw last year, which was phenomenal. So I think that we just had a couple weird couple weird games like I think they didn't play well against Pittsburgh in in week one and Pittsburgh is a legitimate defense even though the team is not going to do very much this year and then in this game like they were so clearly just destroying the Dolphins you know I don't really think we take much away from from the Bills for for this game now this coming week they host the Washington football team and they're very legitimate defense and they're going to need digs and they're going to need all all this so I think this coming week we'll actually be able to have a firmer firmer opinion on where josh allen is this year as opposed to last year yeah i agree that's fair okay next game here we have a uh political football ball we have the patriots 25 at the Jets six now early in the day nfl red zone went off the air for seven minutes in those seven minutes zach wilson threw two interceptions and i you know what i could always count on you to like really throw salt in the wound there (laughs) that was um so honestly what do you guys think of this situation because we know the formula is to have a veteran quarterback or a veteran presence on the team. So in case when you're, you know, when your new guy struggles a little bit, they, you know, they, they, they can, you know, get coached up. The Zach Wilson situation, there is no situation like this. So do you as a coach let him just take his lumps and say, fuck it, you're just going to play through this? So you're, you know, Peyton Manning interceptions and hopefully get a, uh, a, uh, a gold jacket one day or, or what? Like, what do you guys do here? To be honest I mean, with you, well, to be honest with you, I mean, every rookie generally takes their lumps. I think there's a difference, right? That, that if you watch this game, there's a there's a huge difference between each of those quarterbacks in this game. First of all, the Patriots are not asking Mac Jones to do what Zach Wilson was trying to do, right? right. Trying to force trying to force the, the ball downfield, trying to do a little bit too much. We expect to see that out of rookies. Um, and this was a legitimate defense that they faced because this is now two games in a row where this defense has looked really good. And I understand they played the Jets, but you play who you play. Um, and I think that that's 
that's really what is happening here. And I think that with a new coach and a new quarterback right there, it, everything is new here. And so each of them is sort of learning how they can scheme the right way. And Zach Wilson is also learning the position as well. At least that's the way that I took it. Yeah, no, I um, I agree with that. And I think that you have to let Wilson just play, play through this situation because the Jets know they're not going to be good this year. And he's the type of person who will want to take these big chances down the field. And he just needs to sort of calibrate where those chances are, which ones he should be taking, which ones he should not be taking. So he should definitely just be out there trying to learn uh now he did throw four interceptions total which is not great under any circumstances as pat doherty on the good football show said and i quote bill belichick sent him straight to hell <laughs> i mean again you know he's going up against superior coaching i mean it's i mean it's a lot a lot to deal with i know jets nation like the stuff that i saw this week you know last weekend they were you know they were like calling for this guy to you know sit and i'm like well it's not fair this is only you know a couple of games in and you know you're ready to do this to him um let him play through the season because we know we're not we're not playoff bound and we're not going to get 10 wins or whatever it is but he has to learn and, and the coach has to coach on the nfl level so let's let them play i guess Two more notes on this game. Uh, Matt, your boy Damian Harris with that touchdown run where he dragged like 93 Jets defenders into the end zone <laughs> on his back. And didn't let go of the football. No, yeah, yeah. he hung on to the ball the entire time. Um, Damian Harris, another running back who was committed to Michigan and then left to go to Alabama. So, great. Uh, and then also, the Jets are in a lot of trouble without Mekhi Becton, their uh, star left tackle. First round pick from last year. He's out for a few more weeks and that's not going to help Zach Wilson at all. No. Nope. I agree. So Mac Jones, of course, didn't really do a whole lot in this game. 20 or 30, 22 or 30, I think 186, no touches, no picks. And, you know, you could take that stat line and think like, well, Mac Jones doesn't look very good, but I, I went back into the archives, so to speak. And I looked at some early Tom Brady stats from those. I I've said on maintain on this show that the, this team is going to be very much like those teams. So Tom Brady's first start, and I'm not reading this. I actually memorized this. Uh, his first start, he went 13 to 23, 168 yards, zero touchdowns, zero picks. The Patriots won that game 44 to 13, and the opposing quarterback was Peyton Manning. Wow. Who threw three picks in that game. So, you know, just because he didn't have a touchdown, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that he is not good right now. I think it's all scheme-based. I think he's doing what they're asking him to do. But we're going to find out when they get to a game where he needs to do more, what he's really made of at this stage of his career. But I just wanted to give that for a comparison because, he, hey, even the GOAT had a game where he didn't throw a touchdown. I, But I think more importantly with this game is, is that um, – he didn't give the ball away. He showed good ball security. Well, that's what they want. Like that, that's what they're asking him to do. And I, I made a point on another show the other day about how I think that the Patriots drafting Mac Jones made a lot of sense because they're building the they're not building the team around him necessarily. They're trying to fit him into the scheme that they already have. Whereas a lot of times I feel like the teams that are drafting high in the draft are looking to build their franchise around this guy. And it's a difficult ask because a lot of times the team doesn't have the pieces necessary. Like look at the, you know, the Jets have made a lot of strides and it's, mm -hmm. it's him needing to come up to speed. But like when the Browns drafted Baker, they didn't have anything like that first yeah. year was really, that first year was really tough and they've gotten pieces over time. They got the right coach. They got the right scheme. Uh, you know, the bears too, with Justin Fields, like 
they're not not every guy is going to come in and do what Andrew Luck did. Now Andrew Luck was handed the keys to what was a good team prior to Peyton Manning's uh, you know injury. So not every I think every situation does matter, and I think Mac Jones got drafted to the right situation. Like if Mac Jones got drafted to the 49ers, I I don't know about that because I do not think that he necessarily fits with what they're trying to do. They're trying to hit a home run in a different air, area. Bill Belichick wants a guy that's going to do what he wants to do, and I think that's what Mac Jones' skill set is even if the ceiling isn't as high. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. I missed I missed half of that, and I still totally agree with it just because I heard like the last three sentences, and it's spot I on. I like it. I like it. Uh, so uh, next game here, quick one. Bengals 17 at the Bears 20. Uh, <laughs> only t- like two interesting things from, from this game. The first is that Joe Burrow threw an interception of three straight passes. Which, which is pretty fantastic. Um, the third one wasn't really his fault. He got hit as he was letting the ball go, and it fluttered to a fluttered to a defender. Uh, to that though, the Bengals O line is truly terrible. Joe Burrow has been has been hit on twenty five percent of his dropbacks and sacked on fourteen percent of them. Man, yep. that you know, coming off a repaired knee, that's not man. That's that's gonna be tough sledding, brother. Tough sledding. I said that during, leading up to the draft, and I know that a lot of you, I think, Dave, I think you thought the Jamar Chase pick was a good one. Not that it isn't, but, I mean, it's a tough ask. If he's going to be running for his life every game, and, by the way, did Joe Mixon not have the most Joe Mixon stat line ever in this game? <laughs> I mean, what was it? 20 carries, 69 yards. Nice. Um, yeah, and he played 100%, 100% of the snaps. The thing exactly. is, is the Bengals aren't helping Joe Burrow with this either because what they're doing is that they're running on first and second down, slamming the ball into the line for one yard at a time. Now it's third and, you know, it's an obvious passing situation. And now defenders are teeing off on Joe Burrow. What they need to do is do that like quick passing that sub- substitutes for the running game sort of sort of situation to help out. On the other side of this game, the winning team, the Bears, their coaching staff is what they get bailed out because Andy Dalton got hurt. And they have announced that Justin Fields will be the starter starting this week uh, at Cleveland. And that's that. We've seen the last of Andy Dalton. Although Matt Nagy still out there telling you that Andy Dalton's the guy when he comes back. And, you know, I have to say, man, I hope that's true because, God, that guy deserves to be fired. Oh, the front office, the front office, president who gives a shit. Yeah, the front office came in was like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's, you know, let's see what happens here. <laughs> we drafted a is, guy. You know that, right? <laughs> is, is, is Matt Nagy a bottom five head coach in the league? I mean, and I maybe. Yeah. He's not good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. is it's his best coaching uh, achievement that they went eight and eight with Mitch last year and made the playoffs with Mitch. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I just I'm just a little a little concerned that they keep telling us and they're very adamant about the fact that Andy's our guy, and I I just don't understand it. Like, I understand if Justin Fields isn't ready, well, guess what? Zach Wilson's not ready either. A lot of these guys aren't ready, so you just have to figure it out. And at this point now. With Andy Dalton being hurt, as I think they heard this morning, he has like they have like a soft landing spot now where they have they can go on. Well, we had to put him in because Andy's hurt. So I, I don't know. I, yeah. I just think that you stick with him for now because what's the alternative? You play Andy Dalton, you suck, and then you lose your job. So like, why don't you lose your job with the guy that you drafted? Yeah, take a chance on that on the red rifle. Yeah, the uh, Justin Fields is going to struggle against Cleveland on the road in his first start, turn around and get the Lions at home in his second start, and that will be that. And that's the win that I'm looking for. 
I need this. I need this, your, Lions Nation. You do need, need this, this, by the way. Things are starting <laughs> to get this. out of control for you here. Yeah, I need it. I need it because I, I the season I wanes on. I don't want to get ahead of things, Cleve, but just real quick, the Lions host the Ravens next week, so 0-3. <laughs> God, help me out, please. Come on. I hate to tell you this, but your name is Cleveland. Lions Nation does not like you or care what you want. <laughs> All right, the uh, the next game here, uh, only a couple of things in this one. The Falcons 25 at the Bucks 48. And honestly, it feels like the Falcons scored negative 25 points in this game. I'm shocked that they actually got as many as they did. Tom Brady has nine touchdowns in his first two games. And here's something very interesting. The Bucks have ran five offensive plays from inside the five yard line and they have thrown a pass on all five of them. Yeah, they are trying to get Brady the record, I think they're trying to get Brady 60 touch, sixty in a season. Yep, I, I totally agree with that because I think I said to Matt this morning and I, I I didn't get to that part of it. They let Gronk run twice free. Well, the <laughs> Falcons did. I'm like, dude, Hall of Famer on the field and you're not even putting a hat on him? Yeah, I, I think what you I think what you said is right there. I think they're, they're just trying to send him out. It's like his, you know, his farewell tour probably. Uh, I mean, 60 touchdowns in a, in a season because they get the extra game now. Win the Super Bowl last year, win this, uh, get this single game touchdown record. He's going to be the all time passing yards leader. Actually, he's going to do it in New England in, in week four. So, like, you know, just one huge season for Brady. I don't think it'll be his last season, but they are definitely doing that. If you have like Leonard Fournette or Ronald Jones in fantasy, you might as well just drop them because they ain't scoring no touchdowns. Oh man, the the funny part is when you walk, when you look at the numbers, like the targets to receptions number, like there's almost no only Mike Evans had a, a discrepancy. It's like five targets, four catches, four targets, four catches, right? One, you know, like it's amazing. And I'm like, this guy is 44, right? Like we're not in some time warp where it's like 2010 again, are we? Like he's making throws. I swear, he's making throws that even the young guys in the league can't friggin' make. And I'm like, this is nuts. Like, at some point, it has to happen. At some point, it has to happen. Like, or is he like the, the whatchamacallit from Terminator 2, where he's actually that guy and he's made of liquid metal and he's just <laughs> always, I just don't understand it. Like, Matt, <laughs> Matt Ryan, poor Matt Ryan, is in the league. He's at the tail end of his career, and Tom Brady is still out here. Ten years his elder looking as good as he does. I just I'm I'm impressed beyond belief. Yeah, it's been it's been good stuff, man. And I and I, I think that like I said, Bruce is getting a check that he, you know, I'm routed out. Let, let Tom cook. <laughs> yeah, and and by the way, Bruce Arians talking about how they punished Gronk for saying he doesn't watch film, and I was like, okay, whatever. I was like, Gronk has <laughs> Gronk has four touchdowns in two games. Like, who gives a shit if he's watching film? We should just be we should just be glad Gronk is wearing pants <laughs> and sober. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just. And by the way, how bad are the Falcons? Oh my god. Yeah, they are they are firmly in the running for number one overall pick next year. I mean, yeah. Houston still has to be a favorite, but honestly, the Falcons, they look obviously worse than the Raiders. They look worse than the Lions. Uh, they don't look worse than the Jags, but they're less, the quarterback is worse. So yeah, like the Falcons very easily could be picking first overall next year. Hey, Cleve, do you think the Falcons are that bad that we see a Josh Rosen sighting? Because that is their backup quarterback. <gasps> man, <laughs> that could happen like week seven, eight, man. That, that, that could happen. Cliff Kingsbury's QB1, baby. (laughs) 
honestly, at this point, they might as well play Josh Rosen because he is uh, he he's about as close as you can get to an unraced horse in the NFL. You know, first yeah. round pick, he played for ninety four teams, but he has like three total attempts in his life because he keeps hey. getting replaced. He's like he's like the hyperactive Tyrod, just getting replaced way too quick. So maybe just play him because you suck, and maybe you luck out and you actually get a, a good QB, and there you go. Yeah, is Chase I mean, that's, that's is Chase Daniels on the league? Uh, oh, yeah, boy. he is actually. We'll get to that a little later. <laughs> okay, the uh the next game here, an amazing football game. The Vikings 33 at the Cardinals 34. And uh Kyler Murray is having an incredible season. You know, we talk about Tom Brady in his nine in his nine touchdown passes, but here's the thing. Kyler Murray through the first 10 games last year had more fantasy points through the first 10 games of any season than any quarterback in history. More than 2013 Manning more than 07 Brady, more than uh, 20, uh, what's that, 18 Mahomes and 19 Lamar. He was setting the pace before he got hurt. This year, he has 10 more fantasy points than second place, which is Tom Brady and his nine touchdown passes. So Kyler is playing out of his mind. Um, and then the Cardinals also demonstrated in this game why you always try to get points. So the score was 23 to 21 uh, with Minnesota winning the Cardinals got the ball back with 21 seconds to go in the first half. Instead of taking a knee, they throw two passes down the field, getting the field goal range for Matt Prater, which is a 62-yarder, and he made it. So they went into halftime winning by one, and they won the game by one. Always try to get points. Like, especially right. in the NFL. Like, if you're like some crappy college team playing Alabama, you know, maybe you take a knee or whatever, but like always try to get points because you never know when you're going to when need them. Need and that it. field yep. actually won the game. Yeah. So Dave, Watch. question about the question about the the dust ball theory because the dust ball theory may have been tested in this game because okay. m most targets was Rondell Moore and Max with two X's Williams in this game those are the those are the biggest targets for Kyler Murray this game oh and AJ Green got six targets so here's the thing Rondell Moore is not a dust ball he's never been a dust ball not a dust ball coming in the league you know great prospect profile in fact I even wrote down here in all caps Rondell seven for 114 and a touchdown slot wide receiver can play outside and get carries as a running back. And then I wrote, went 30 picks after Kadarius Tony, <laughs> Who still has so, negative three yards receiving in the league, by the way. Yes. Yeah, Rond Rondale Moore caught, two, had like 250 total yards and four touchdowns as a true freshman against Ohio State, playing for Purdue. And again, Purdue won by three touchdowns. Wow. Rondale Moore is the man. He just happens to be five foot six. Not a dust ball by by any stretch. Max Williams, whose cousin is my friend, so I want to, I don't want to dog on Max too much, but yeah, Max is sort of a dust ball. And AJ Green is a dust ball now because he's withered. But uh, Rondale is the man. <laughs> man, Dave, can you pick that back up? You're like Cleve there, dropping names. You know that you got to pick up off the ground there. I'm friends with his cousin. I like that. I'm still oh, the only one who whoa. hasn't dropped a name yet. Whoa, you guys got to live a little. Get out there, man. No, Apparently. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm friends. With Max Williams's cousin, next stop Met Gala. Yes, <laughs> where you can wear a tuxedo that has his jersey on it. <laughs> Won't be carrying the Super Bowl ring though. Uh, the other thing, the other thing about this game is that uh, the Vikings did play pretty well, and in fact, they lost this game because they missed 
a game-winning field goal. So it's not like, you know, while the Cardinals played great and put up all these numbers, the Vikings were right there with them. And given the fact that the Vikings are competing in the NFC North, you know, you'd rather win the game. But as far as like projecting for the season, this was a, a decent process for the Vikings, you could say. Oh, man. But like the way that th this game and I'm pretty sure the next game happened. Oh, it was so weird because the Vikings did everything they could at the end of the game to win. And another team that we're going to talk about did like one of the worst possible things to win at the end of a game and still came out on top. So, but I agree with you, Dave. I felt like the Vikings looked better than they did against the Bengals against a good team, like a really good team. And they just couldn't finish it off. And again, this is the difference between your 10 win teams and your six win teams sometimes where you can't finish off a game here, a game there, bounce here. And it matters. I mean, now this is a, again, this is a conference game for the Vikings now that could come down to tiebreakers uh, of them making it or not making it. So th these games, although they're early against conference opponents, they matter. And the Vikings just couldn't do what they had to do at the end. I mean, 37 yard field goal indoors. Got to make that. The chip yeah. shot, man. Yeah, no, no excuse for that one. And then uh, for the next game here, which, uh, man, I think this is a game we're probably referring to. We have the Titans 33 at the Seahawks 30 in overtime. Uh, Cleve, do you remember last week when I asked you how many yards Derrick Henry had on 17 carries? And the answer was 58. And we all laughed at Derrick Henry. Yeah. Let's uh, not laugh at Derrick Henry anymore. Uh, Derrick Henry in this game had 35 carries for 182 yards and three touchdowns. In a game, they were losing by 20 points at one point. I remember. And I think the the thing, the thing that comes to mind is what you said last year about him. is like he might go one for eight, you know, two yards for, for a loss. And then all of a sudden, his third carry is 87 yards. Right. <laughs> just, right. But he's, yeah, but he, he showed up when they needed him. And I'm glad that they didn't abandon the run. They just kept giving it to him. And till he got hot, the uh, there was one touchdown he scored, so like a 13 yard touchdown where he took a handoff to the right side, which was the short side of the field around the far hash. And he had to stop and plant his foot and cut back the other direction. And it took him a little bit to get up to speed as he rounded the corner to go towards the end zone. But once he did, I was like, nobody's stopping him. No. Like, you can put a wall between him and the end zone, he will run through it. It is unbelievable watching him rush the football. And the other thing about him this year is that he has 10 targets now through two games he averages 31 targets a season wow yeah That's so he is on, yeah he is on pace to smash that in the receiving game and the thing is, if Derrick Henry is getting five targets a game, only Christian McCaffrey is a better fantasy asset in the entire league at that mm. point. I mean, yeah, incredible game for uh, for for Derrick Henry. So Stuff. I watched this game like you guys did. I actually got to sit down and watch this one. And I felt like what I was watching are two what could be somewhat similar-ish teams. And I say that in the fact that both offenses look good when they had to, obviously. The defenses, though, like, man, you guys saw that play where the Titans defense just flat didn't cover a guy. And it yes. was like that guy was so open that he probably could have run in a circle after catching the ball and still made it into the end zone. Like, that's how open and missed he was. And I said when we talked about the Seahawks that, you know, their defense. And I wondered if at some point in time it was going to be a problem in a game like this because they should have held on to win that game. And I understand that the Titans played offensively the way that they were hoping to coming into the season, but feels like a missed opportunity for Seattle for sure. And it pisses me off because the AFC South won a game. My high school coach used to say, he used to say, are we going to let guys get triple S's today? And I'm like, what's that? He's like, a shit shower and a shave. No one should be that open to get a shit shower and a shave until they get covered. He used to love that in high school. 
the uh, the uh, the two two other notes I had on this game. One is that Julio Jones had a touchdown overturned that was like definitely a catch, like video proof that his feet were in bounds with possession, and they just overturned it and called it incomplete. Were they and, looking for the whites, like the white between like mm-hmm. the? Okay, yeah. so that's what they're looking for, right? Yeah. So so in the NFL, and again, I, you know, I've been watching NFL for a long time, but I don't need I don't know what a catch is, and I'm not even being funny. Because I don't, I just don't know anymore. Um, so if they're looking for the whites, I see why they called that. But I'm like, it was an incredible effort, and for his, you know, for his size and his age to still do that. But I'm like, man, that 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 was critical for them. Cleve, there's video evidence of plenty of green between his heel and the sideline. Really? Yeah. Like, like, like you could see it, like clear green, like easy, easy as day to see. And they overturned it and called it and called it incomplete. And with that touchdown, this game doesn't even go to overtime. Like, this is this is what I'm saying. Like it's it's yeah. it feels like it feels sometimes like this is done to like cover the cover the game. I don't know, cover the spread. I don't I'm not a gambling guy like that, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't think that's the case. I just think it's just clear, clear incompetence. And the last thing I wanted to say about this game is that the Seahawks were up 24 to 9 at halftime in this game. And to me, the NFC West this year feels a lot like college football, where like if you lose lose more than one game you're in trouble if you lose more than two games you're dead for winning a national title and if we think about the nfc west the seahawks rams 49ers cardinals how many games will the winner of that division lose outside the division mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. two like it won't be that many and so for the seahawks to drop a game at home they were winning by 15 against the team they're better than is a huge devastating loss for them in their season-long goals I agree. it's what it's I what mean. matt always says about pete carroll can't help himself i don't know if it's pete carroll can't I mean, help himself because Chris Carson had 13 carries for 30 yards, so I, I don't know if that's it. But again, I think it, to me it was it was a defensive effort that should have been a lot better, and I wonder if that's an Achilles heel for this team. But look at the Cardinals. Cardinals won a game that they needed to have outside of their division, whether they got lucky or not, and this is what's going to matter come playoff time. And thankfully for the, the, the Seahawks, this is not a conference game. It's a you know out-of-conference game, but still – game they should have won and in that division everyone is going to count because all the teams are going to be good yeah they're all going to beat up on each other because like if you were if if one of us came back from the future and was like the cardinals won at the rams and the rams won at the seahawks and the 49ers won at the seahawks we believe any combination that said no no combination of these games would be weird to us whereas if they were like the jets won at buffalo would be like no they didn't so because of that because they're going to beat up on each other they have to accrue wins outside of the games they play against each other so seattle really screwed up here by not gathering this win that they really should have had with a 15 point lead at halftime mm-hmm. mm, agreed the uh the next game we have here we have the cowboys 20 at the chargers 17 and this Oof. was this games I've ever seen. So the over under at kickoff in this game was 55 and a half points. I may have bet the over. Uh quick math 20 plus 17 is 37. So it was not Correct. close. No. Um the first punt in this game though was at the end of the third quarter. So how do you have a game with the first punt at the end of the third quarter but it only scores 37 points? What the hell's happening with everything else? Also, Dak Prescott went 23 of 27, which is fantastic for 230 yards no touchdowns in a pick how does that follow 23 or 27 should be like 350 and four it's easy for him anyway i don't get it 
Oh man, this was such a weird game, but I have to tell yeah. you guys, uh, my in-laws are Cowboys fans and I, I'm on a group string with my brother-in-law and father-in-law. And at the end of this game, it was some of the best text messages I've ever received in my entire life. When they at the same time said this fucking idiot coach as the <laughs> clock was ticking and ticking and ticking away. And my father-in-law never uses the F word. So there you go. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm going to get your father-in-law and your brother-in-law a barn that fucking Matt McCarthy, uh, McCarthy came crawling out of because I'm, um, I'm offended that you walk. called him Matt McCarthy. Come on now. He is way, <laughs> he needs, he's not nearly that close. He needs to, he needs to have someone walk around like Flavor Flav with a fucking clock on her neck and just stand next to him on the sideline. <laughs> that's what the fuck he needs. Someone to Man, put someone on uh, staff to have a clock on her neck to say that. That's insane, bro. Uh, for all of you younger listeners, get on your Google machine and look up Flavor Flav because that might be a dusty reference for some people. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you guys know who he is but you guys here's the, get thing, the reference though. totally here's the Jesus. thing we're wa- we're watching this in real time and the clock is ticking 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 away and we all have watched enough football to know how long this field goal is and mike mccarthy <laughs> after the game said i didn't know how much time that there was but i'll tell you what he looked pretty damn confident making that timeout call with four seconds left he didn't look <laughs> like he was scrambling oh shit there's four seconds left he was like timeout motherfucker and like he knew that's what he wanted to do and it makes zero sense when your kicker left seven points on the board the previous game and you're you're like 60 he's good from 60. (laughs) did you see like after the kick he just stood there like like, man i made that i made you look like me i was like he fucking made that Like, you know, but in all seriousness, you know, you want your head coach to be kind of like, or someone on the sideline to, to do a time check. Because I think I text you guys, what a fuck, you know, what a fucking idiot. Because I'm like, they had one more play to get the ball a little bit closer for the guy. But yeah, yeah. it's like, you you wonder like, if this was a playoff game or a game to go to the playoffs, like what would, like what, if they, if he didn't miss that, what would have been the fallout from that? Oh, if he misses that kick and the Chargers win in overtime, that's all like that's all first take is talking about all week. It's just 15 hours on first take <laughs> of Stephen A. Smith screaming at Mike McCarthy. That's all yeah. it would be. He Man. got so lucky that Zerline made this kick. Zerline mm-hmm. Zerline prevented McCarthy from getting death threats by making that <laughs> kick. Well, this is this is Mike McCarthy proving us right during our preview that he's their ceiling. And yes. you can't do this in the playoffs. This was terrible. Oh, like, man. Even, I feel like even Cliff Kingsbury hasn't made something this weird and awful. Like, and Mike McCarthy should know better. He should know better. And he got lucky and bailed out, oh, to be perfectly man. honest. But yep. I got to say this, though. I think you said, Dave, that Herber is going to be good, but he's got some a ways to go. He made a couple of throws in this game, especially that interception late in the end zone. You just can't do that. You can't do yeah. that in this league. Yeah, he's got yeah, he's got a little bit more uh developing developing to do, but he's he's going to he's going to get there. The last note I want to make on this game, as I'm officially saying this as well, Tony Pollard is a better running back than Ezekiel Elliott. I think we're yep. all in agreement with that when they flashed up his salary versus Zeke's salary. <laughs> 850k versus 9.8 million. This is what you're getting. It, it's insane. My last thing for this game is that, and why wasn't it grounding when um, Herbert got pushed out, what, 20 yards or whatever it was? Remember they were like, it was like one, it was like first and first and goal and then something happened, something happened and then he ran back like 15 yards or whatever um, and I, he threw the ball, he was throwing it out of bounds, but he threw the ball and I, I can't remember if they, if they didn't call grounding or not, 
but I thought that he got rid of the ball. But so, they pushed him. They pushed him back on the on the on the on the twenty or whatever it was. So they they called it intentional grounding, and so he had. Uh, and so they, oh, they did they, call it. Okay. So so I'm not so I'm not sure. So I'm, but here's the thing: to, to be intentional grounding, you have to be in to avoid intentional grounding. You have to be outside the tackle box. Okay. Throw the ball past the line of scrimmage. Oh. Or throw it with the receiver in the area from anywhere. Those yeah. are the those those are the rules. So my okay. guess is my guess is that he got outside the tackle box and then he threw it probably to Mars because he can. But mm-hmm. that's fine as long as it's past the line of scrimmage. And so then it's okay. okay. Well, do you guys remember that uh, intentional grounding call in the second Patriots Giants Super Bowl where Brady threw it from the end zone and there was nobody near him even though he was in the tackle box, so it was a safety because they threw a long pass that no re- no no receiver went out to get and they called that intentional grounding. But by the way, uh by the way, Cleve, Chase Daniel, your backup Chargers quarterback. So we'll bring that full circle. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> Which he's never seen in the field. He's gonna get his check. He's gonna oh, get his check. Bar- Good for that. And unless somebody, unless a doctor punctures Herbert's lung this year, Chase Daniels not seen the field this year either. Man, that, that guy is helping himself to a nice, a nice war chest. Yeah, uh, his great great grandkids are going to be uh, eating good <laughs> off of off of his backup quarterback money. Um, the next game, the next game here, in my opinion, the game of the week: the Chiefs thirty-five at the Ravens thirty-six. This was the Sunday nighter. Just an amazing game. Uh, Lamar Jackson, 18-26 for 239, one touchdown, two interceptions, but 16 carries for 170 yards and two touchdowns. He is the quarterback, what Christian McCaffrey is the running back. Just absolutely unbelievable. One thing I do want to note in this game is that Lamar is getting a lot of heat especially for that second interception and the triple coverage that Teron Matthew picked off in the end zone. But yeah. Patrick Mahomes threw a terrible interception in this game and nobody is mentioning it. And I love Patrick he's Mahomes. Of the league. I think he's great. I don't want to like, yeah, I don't want to come down on him too hard. I just want it known that he threw one of the worst interceptions I've ever seen in my life and nobody will mention it. So I just want to mention it here. So it doesn't get lost forever. Was that the one where he was getting dragged down and he just like chucks it up? Yes. Yeah, he, like, it, like, just take the it was, sack. Yeah, it's, it was James Winston had asked, like, what are you doing? Yeah, like, just, just take the fucking the sack. Like, yeah. <laughs> I want to say yeah. this about Patrick Mahomes, guys, and I want to know what you think, because I think I've said this to you, Cleve, but I don't think I've said it on record. I'm going to be very curious how Patrick Mahomes, his game ages as he gets older, because there is just a little bit of gunslinger in him. Oh, that, yeah, it's a lot. And he's, it's a lot. And he's, he gets away he's with so, a lot. But he's so good. And his his weapons are so good. I wonder how that's going to look when those weapons aren't what they are now. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not. I'm not that's, saying that's he's a not good. a he's not a good quarterback. But though he makes some throws, even in this game, where I thought, wow, that was a pretty ill advised throw. But like he got away with that one. And I wonder how as he gets older and as his team gets older and he starts going through some of these weapons, if he's going to be unable to do a lot of the things that we laud him for, which is wow, I would never teach a quarterback to do that. But holy shit, that was a great throw. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not trying yeah, to put I, him down. It's just, I, I wonder projecting out into the future for him because that was a bad throw. And he made some others. And I was like, wow, that was, he's tried to force that one in no, there. And we're not yeah, used to seeing no, that from he, him. Yeah, we, I mean, um, I think what, what could happen, because that's a very good point. I think what could happen is that they're always going to try to replicate what they have, meaning they're going to draft or trade for guys that would fit that skill set, like his skill set until he just can't do it anymore. But yeah, he, 
he gets away with a lot with the coach he has, the organization that they are at. Because could you imagine that in New England? I don't think so. I don't think Belichick lets him just run rough shot and just fling it all over the field, you know, without Some of that's out of the coach's hands, though. No, I was going to say some of that's out of the coach's hands, though. No, like, it's a lot of ad, yeah. it's a, it's a ad living. I agree. But I'm like, I'm saying, like, the fact that he sh he's won a lot with that and his guys, to your point, bail him out. I mean, I mean, um, some of these guys go get the ball. He's throwing guys open in most cases. So yeah, I, I can see that. That's a good, that's a really good assessment to see. Hey, you know what? Five years from now, what does this look like? So here's the thing. Tyreek Hill is was generally the number one wide receiver drafted in fantasy this year. It was either him, Stephon Diggs, or Devontae Adams. But the thing is, if DeAndre Hopkins were on the Chiefs, he would have been. If DK Metcalf were on the Chiefs, oh. he would have been. Tyreek Hill is a fantastic wide receiver, but he's the best wide receiver because of Mahomes, right? Yeah. And if another fantastic wide receiver were on that team, they would be the number one. Like, if you put Diggs on the Chiefs, he's oh. just killing it too, right? Yeah. So, while I think it's important that Mahomes does have good weapons, good weapons will become great because they play with him, right? If oh, you yeah. put Travis Kelsey on the Raiders and Darren Waller on the Chiefs, Waller's on a whole nother level. Kelsey's probably not doing what he does. So, yeah. Mahomes does to elevate the players around him i think we'll always will always do that and then as long as they have a good management crew they will continue to just like they should be drafting a wide receiver in the first three rounds every single exactly, year and just exactly, exactly what i said one. yeah exactly yeah. until he can't do it anymore they're gonna keep getting him those type of players and yeah. don't get me wrong, I'm a big Mahomes guy. So it's it's this is not my uh, I'm not I'm not doing a Cleve impression yeah. and being like this guy's a bum. It's just you know we show me in we, the future. Yeah. <laughs> Do it in your sixth Super Bowl, pal. Hey, keys to the keys to the DeLorean. I think Dave has the DeLorean this this season. I think he's he's holding the keys to that in his garage. Uh, I want to point out that Dave said the Jets were going to win this week, so I, I don't know about that, buddy. That's on tape from last week. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was that was that was a, that was an incorrect thing. But here's the thing, you know, it's small sample size. It's, you know, there was just one or two or four bad throws from Zach Wilson. It happens. I lost um, twenty bucks, Dave. And again, Matty Ice Media, Political Football, and the three of us do not endorse your gambling. But I bet on Dave's. Hey. The Jets are gonna win. I lay I laid a little bit of coin on it. <laughs> this is Thanks, great. Dave. <laughs> uh you're 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 very welcome. Oh, one last one last note on this game. Uh Clyde Edwards Hilaire fumbled the game away. He is not good at the running back position. He was a first round running back pick that the Chiefs took, and they took him allegedly because Patrick Mahomes called the front office and was like, Hey, I want him when they were on the clock. And transition to the next game, the Chiefs were going to take DeAndre Swift, who is now on the Detroit Lions. So the next game, Lions 17 at Packers 35, we got to see on Monday Night Football how skilled DeAndre Swift is, how fast he is, how good he is at catching the ball in the backfield, how well he plays on third downs. And this is a case to where sometimes you just have to tell your all-pro quarterback, like, we'll get you a pass catching running back, but it's going to be this guy because we know better. Because if the mm. Chiefs had drafted DeAndre Swift instead, they'd score 80 points a game. Now, mm. in this game, Aaron Jones, 17 carries for 67 yards and a touchdown, but also six catches for 48 yards and three touchdowns. 
So then he fumbled his game. Then he fumbled his dad's ashes in, in the end zone. Uh, he did. He lost he his player comments on the ashes. Did, he, um, did they find it? Yeah, a trainer did find it. He did get okay, it back. Great. All right. Good. Good, good ending to that. Oh, although, to be honest, to be honest, if my kid was playing for the Green Bay Packers and my ashes ended up on Lambeau Field where he played, it wouldn't be the worst <laughs> thing in the world. Like, like it wouldn't be the most disrespectful thing. I mean, I don't ever want to be at Lambeau Field because I'm a Lions fan, but like in general, like it wouldn't be. Right? Yeah. Like you lost him at like the Speedway parking lot or something, you know, outside the Royal Farms. Yeah. <laughs> Quick thing about this game. This Eli Payton things, it's it's gotta stop. I I, I can't I can't watch that. I believe white people love it. I can't oh, watch that, bro. I cannot watch. If you're you get kidding on Twitter, me, right? Black Twitter hates this Manning brother thing. <laughs> oh like, my white god! White people that I follow, they oh, love shit. it. They love it. Yeah. It's the most hilarious thing I've ever seen in my life. Man, oh, yeah. it's it's just wow. Like hey. I had to like I had to turn away. I had to turn away. I was like, I can't, I can't do it. Can't do um it. my brother-in-law texted me, this is the only way to watch Monday Night Football, proving your theory, Dave, but I don't like it. So I don't know what that says about me. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not out here giving out invites to the cookout, but you're on the short list. You're on the short list. Yeah, right, yeah, so, yes, you are. Yes, so you Dave, are, I, I have to I have to ask you. So you weren't wearing pants last week during the Saints beatdown of the Packers. So since the Lions, I think, were ahead at halftime, did you put pants on in the second half? I'm not sure what the right answer is to this because I'm usually not wearing pants. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, uh, whatever it took for the Lions to lose. I would like the Lions to win one or two games and get the first overall pick this year. So I was I was okay with them looking somewhat competent, but also losing by 18 points. It was actually the gin outcome for me personally. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, oh, uh, Aaron Rodgers in this game after struggling last week, 22 of 27, 255 yards, four touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers like when he's on. Yeah, I can smell the tequila on him too. That's what he <laughs> looks like in the post-game press conference. <laughs> yeah, last week, Cleek, you said Aaron Rodgers looked like a hit man. I was like, yeah, the Lions are the mark in week two. <laughs> so, this is, this is, this is going to be a problem. Uh, the last note on this game is that the Packers' defense, though, was a real problem. I mean, the yeah. Lions moved the ball pretty consistently and mm-hmm. really stopped themselves in a couple spots. Mm-hmm. When they have to mm-hmm. play Brady or Dak or, dare I say, Sam Darnold in the playoffs, they're going to be in trouble. Totally agree. By the way, Cleve, to to bring the uh, – he's still in the league to full closure. This is the best one. Uh, tight end for your Green Bay Packers at age 37, Mercedes Lewis. No way. That's correct. That wow. is correct. By the way, one that I missed in the Saints game was Chris Hogan, apparently back from his lacrosse sabbatical, and he is playing for the New Orleans Saints. So he will get a comeback to Foxborough this week. <laughs> yeah, he did. Man, man. Guys Mercedes Lewis, crazy. That is that is nuts. So uh, quick looking forward to next week, uh, the Thursday night game. We have the Panthers at the Texans. So the Panthers are going to be three and zero, and the Texans are starting Davis Mills. Then we have a few good uh, matchups uh, next week. We have the Chargers at the Chiefs, which is a battle of one and one teams fighting for that division. The Chargers absolutely must win this game if they're going to win this division. They have to, after losing to the Cowboys. Yeah. I agree with that. We have uh, Justin Fields getting his start in Cleveland against the Browns, where I think he's going to flash a little bit, but struggle overall. Cleveland will call him a bust, and then we'll find out in week four against the Lions. (laughs) I don't throw around the word that loosely, do I? No, you don't. Um, The Falcons and the Giants play each other, so that game's going to end in a tie because no one's allowed to win. The Ravens are at the Lions, so the Lions are going to be 0-3, and Cleve is uh, going to be looking to buy out of his bet. 
for the last yeah. Seven. Yeah, I'm looking for a surrender here. But the game, the uh, Monday, the Monday night game, the Monday night game is Eagles at Cowboys. Oh, which okay. should be entertaining. It's important for the division. Uh, should just be an all around fun, fun game to watch. But the game of the week next week, the 425 game, Tampa Bay at the Rams. Wow. Okay. Okay. Very good. Very good matchup. And we find out if the Rams are for real, like for real, for real, because yeah. they get the Super Bowl champions coming into their place. And we know that the Bucks haven't lost a step just yet. So Tom Brady, you know, he's he's seen everything. So this is Matt Stafford's first real test with his new Cadillac, as as Cleve would say. Can you guys imagine if, if Tom stinks this one up, Arians gets on the mic at the presser and it's like, hey, so, you know, we're not looking good here. <laughs> <laughs> Arians is like, we need a quarterback with arm strength like Matt Stafford. That's what we need. <laughs> you imagine that? It's coming. It's coming, bro. <laughs> Do you think Bruce Arians would wear a Kangle on top of his Kangle? Like, just like back him up? <laughs> I was waiting for him to go with the do-rag underneath, untied, like Jules Santana. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was waiting for that. That's that's what that I referenced last week. That's great. That is great. <laughs> There's some cultural oh, appropriation if a, if a going on. If a listener wants to Photoshop a do-rag on a Bruce Arians, uh, that would be that would be fine by me. Prefer- <laughs> preferably the photo where he was like a purple color at the White House. That's really where you want it. Yeah, well, want yeah what was going on with that? That was weird. His suit was too tight, as Dave pointed out. <laughs> well, fellas, we have four minutes left. So you stole my positive thing for the week with Aaron Jones. So... I'm just going to go with LOL Urban Meyer. That's going to be it. Because every week that he does poorly, uh, I, I'm excited. And you know what? Oh, so I want to ask you guys. So at this point now, it's getting so bad that at some point he is going to leave, right? Is he going to stay off the gear? Or do we have? should we start putting like a little bet, a PF bet, as to when the show thinks he is going to take the USC job and basically leave Jacksonville high and dry? So I think that this is two separate bets because I think that he could leave without taking the USC job. So I think we should just do a bet on when Urban Meyer will no longer be head coach of Jacksonville. Okay. Did he make it to Halloween? Is that a good mark spot? That's like halfway through the season almost. That's Yeah, that's week eight. Yeah, if they're 0-8, that shit is over, bro. <laughs> they're 0-8, that's over. I want to see a hard Absolutely. knocks in season of that team. Holy shit. <laughs> that would be great. So next, so next week, next week they have the Bengals, which they could win. Then they have the Yeah, Dolphins. yeah. That, that's a winnable game. Then they have the Dolphins, which winnable Cleveland game. think is a winnable game. It's a winnable <laughs> game. Two 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 is gonna be out at least three weeks, bro. At least but three when, weeks. But when did they play Alabama? That's what I want to know. <laughs> and week eight, wait, wait, that's a real off. thing that's a real thing yes he said, he, said, he said every week it's like preparing to play alabama in the nfl and we know that wow. saban jerked off for like a full day after hearing that <laughs> no he's he's still going at it, still going at it. Uh, on halloween wow. on halloween on halloween the jags play at seattle and that will be that russ goes for 506 <laughs> and puts a nail in urban meyer's coffin this is excellent. So let's we'll be on Urban Watch for a while because Owen Seventeen Watch could be legitimate for them if they lose to the Bengals this week. Um, yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens. But do you guys have any parting thoughts in the last two minutes? You know what? I mean, I know we. I think the Lions really got this shot at the seven. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stay the course. You know, we got a lot of football left to go. So I'm gonna stay the course. 
Uh, if it's like week 12 and it's looking bad, then I'll probably talk to Dave offline about buying out. But um, I'm going to stay the course as of right now. So let's keep that on the whiteboard. Let's put Urban on the whiteboard. Um, okay. See how long this lasts. <laughs> but see, we're all and, rooting uh, for him to like do shitty. So I almost feel like it's it's not as fun because we're all rooting for him to do crabby. <laughs> yeah, so I have a I fine just, line to walk because I have a lot of best ball shares of Trevor Lawrence, DJ Shark, and LaVisca Chanel. So I uh -huh. need them to score points but also lose. <laughs> I need I Urban can... to be dipped in the pool every week that they lose. Just dip them in that, that nasty Jaguars pool after the game. After he'd, the game. He'd be the dirtiest thing in there. <laughs> Damn. That is cleaner. That is <laughs> that is a that is a perfect way to end the show. So everybody, uh, we appreciate your time this week. Obviously, check out MattySmedia.com, all that good stuff. You all know this by now. Uh, we appreciate everybody's patronage, everybody's attention. Hug your loved ones, folks, and we will see you next week. Peace, gentlemen. Peace. Political football is exclusively owned by Cleve, Dave, and Matty Ice, and is brought to you by Matty Ice Media. The opinions, beliefs, and viewpoints expressed by Cleve, Dave, and Matty Ice do not necessarily reflect the opinions, beliefs, and viewpoints of Matty Ice Media.